Welcome to the Web3 Diverse Podcast, where we have discussions with thought leaders, content creators, and those leading and building the Web3 space. Every conversation is different, and I hope you will find it interesting and learn with me along the way. I'm your host, Chris Koronowski, and on this 11th episode, we will discuss how to empower people with disabilities who are entering the Web3 space with Chrissy Hill, General Counsel at Parity Technologies. Chrissy, for the past 20 years, has gained broad exposure across the global legal, regulatory, investment banking, charity, non-for-profit, and now Web3 sector. She works as a Compliance Director at Berkeley's Capital, as well as Chief Operating Officer and General Counsel at Tony Blair Institute for Global Change. I hope you will enjoy our conversation. Hello, Chrissy. Welcome to the Web Freediverse podcast. Uh, thank you for joining me today. Thank you for having me, Chris. I'm very excited to be part of your Web3 Doers initiative and to speak to you today. Thank you so much. So, Chrissy, uh, the main topic for today will be uh, how to empower people with disabilities to uh, enter the web free space. And before we will jump to that uh, main topic, I would love to learn, and also the, the listeners who are listening to, to us right now uh, would love to learn also about what was your story before joining the blockchain industry in the web free space? Can you share a little bit more about yourself? Sure. Um... Well, I have lived in London for 20 years, which you might not uh, think based upon my accent, because I'm originally from Charleston, South Carolina. Mm -hmm. And I started off life as um, a financial services a corporate lawyer at Linklater's. So I struck out from the United States when I was 25, fresh out of law school, came to London, uh, went straight into private practice. And then uh, did that for about four or five years and decided to strike out again into a new field at that time, which was compliance. Because of course, this was just after Enron and Sarbanes-Oxley in the States. Um, so I joined compliance at Barclays Capital for mm -hmm. seven and a half years, but that was pre-financial crisis, of course, because that was 2006. And then the financial crisis hit and compliance suddenly became a completely different industry. Mm -hmm. Then I struck out again into another new and unusual field of law and regulation. And that was working for Tony Blair, the former UK prime minister. Mm -hmm. And I was there for eight and a half years and was uh, ultimately his COO and general counsel and helped take uh, the institute from 25 people to 500 people. Wow. And then it was time for another change after eight and a half years. And I was like, well, what's the next exciting frontier of law and regulation that I can strike out into? And Web3, blockchain, the polka dot ecosystem and parity uh, came, came knocking. And I thought, I need to see what this is about. And I joined in January and haven't looked back. Wow, that's, that's an, an, an incredible story. And do you have any particular events or moments that uh, led you to the, the transition to, to go into you know, the, the blockchain and Web3? Any, anything particular in what was happening in your life or in your professional career? Why did you decide to change from uh, finance and uh, politics right, to more uh, this new technologies right now that we have? 
Well, I'll, I'll admit that when I first got kind of the knock on the door in uh, November, I was like, well, what is all of this about? Of course, I've been reading about it, but let me look into mm -hmm. it more because I really like the people. I met uh, a lot of the team and they're really inspiring pioneers in their field. And the more I learned about the potential of Web3 and where this technology was going and mm -hmm. also what Parity built, because it's very important to me that the infrastructure is strong uh, in order to enable Web3 and this wonderful vision of the world that uh, we're all working towards. And, and to work on that infrastructure, I thought was really inspiring. And so it was a combination of the people, the vision, you know, actually what Parity was doing. And um, then just, like I said, striking out into a new field of law and regulation, which may not sound exciting to most, but for those in the profession, <laughs> you know, uh, to be able to help shape um, this framework that is going to impact all of our lives, hopefully, uh, is is really it's a privilege. Mm, amazing. Uh, so, as someone who uh, joined Parity Technologies, uh, I strongly believe that you are really working with beautiful people that are having like a lot of ideas. And uh, can you also share us some maybe uh, some advices that you get from uh, those people that you are working with in terms of blockchain web free, something that they gave you like an advice and you would like to share with everyone else who are listening right now? I think there were there were two bits of advice and one was about education um, mm -hmm. and the other was about the type of people that we were all working with, right? So on the education front, I was told very early on that the learning curve is steep but short uh, because obviously this hasn't been around for you know decades. It, it's 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 new. Um, and the technology is constantly being built, right? It's constantly being improved. So being thirsty for knowledge and speaking to people and, and making contacts within the different um, communities, uh, whether it's engineering community or mm -hmm. adoption of the ecosystem, you know, that was really important. So that education. And then also about the people I'm working with. They are definitely pioneers and they are building uh, this new approach to the world. And uh, that means that their intellectual property is really personal to them. Mm -hmm. It's uh, like their art, um, or in some cases, you know, maybe their firstborn child. So when you're talking about someone's art, your intellectual property, something you're building, something that's so deeply personal, that um, in order to challenge, which is obviously a general counsel's job, you know, mm -hmm. challenge in a positive way and, and always be mindful of that, how near and dear the technology is to uh, the hearts of so many people, whether they're building it or just involved in adoption. And I think I had been involved in mission-driven organizations before, but this is a mm -hmm. different kind of mission. Mm -hmm. Okay, so, so you mentioned education, right, as a very important aspect, and then people, and and and, and I, it's very in interesting because you mentioned that aspect of people a, a couple of times already during our discussion. So, and I feel also the same that really uh, people aspect in the web three is very very important, right? Uh, and 
uh, Chrissy, can you also tell us what is like what does really excite you about the blockchain and Web three? Uh, what kind of things are important for you, and and what excites you in in this movement personally? So, what excites me is the potential. I mean, obviously, mm -hmm. it's all under construction, and um, yes. you know, Dr. Gavin Wood, who uh, is you know obviously. Um, has quite a history that I'm sure everyone on this podcast will know, but he uh, is the uh, major shareholder of Parity. He first came up with the term in 2014. He coined the term Web3 and wrote a white paper about it. So there's a really clear vision, I think, that we're working towards. And so that excites me. And being part of a team who's helping bring it to life and also coming up with use cases that are beyond DeFi. I mean, obviously DeFi is important, but I always say that, you know, what we build is the infrastructure and it's like the subway system in New York. Crypto is one stop. Another stop off that subway system is, would be NFTs. Uh, another stop would be gaming. Um, we have um, something called Chronicled, uh, mm -hmm. one of our parachains, and they are, um, processing 95% of the resold pharmaceuticals in the U.S. We have the Water Foundation, which is uh, focusing on using blockchain and seeing how that impacts ethical commodities, how it can be used to bring ethical commodities to the world. So there are a lot of use cases that would fall into the ESG, Environment, Social, and Governance category, that mm -hmm. we you really want to support and DeFi is important trade buys and all of that's important but you know there are other use cases that could impact people perhaps just as much on a day-to-day -day basis if not more amazing so as you said we are just at the beginning right like we are we are still developing the whole infrastructures and uh, because as you said also like the people aspect is very important and as our main topic for today is also about people about people with disabilities and I learned one of your uh, post on LinkedIn that you also, Chrissy, has a disability. Can you share with us a little bit about that? Sure. I um, have lost most of the hearing in my right ear. And that happened eight days after I graduated from college or uni, mm. as they say in the UK, uh, when a common cold settled in my middle ear and just caused me to lose quite a bit of my hearing. And had I not gone to an amazing ear, nose, and throat specialist in Charleston, South Carolina, where I'm from at the time, um, mm -hmm. it would have impacted all of my hearing, but I got the treatment that I needed in order to, to stop that from happening. So yeah, I've been living with it now for more years than I choose to share, Chris. <laughs> and how did, you, uh, how, how did you learn to live with it? Uh, is there anything specific that you had to implement? Well, at first I got a hearing aid because that's what they advised, but actually um, it didn't help me. I felt like I could hear a bird from like six blocks away, but it didn't actually help me in the environments where I needed the most help. So like, um, you know, in, in um, large groups out where there's a lot of like ambient noise in the background, it, it just didn't help. So I stopped wearing the hearing aid very quickly. Uh, and um, you know, I've just learned to be open about it with people and say, 
please sit on this side of me or walk on this side of me. Otherwise, I can't hear you in an office environment. When we do go into the office, I always say to people, I don't react to you. I'm not being rude. So it's about um, communicating. And I think uh, because this, what I, what impacts me is hidden. Obviously, there are many people with disabilities where uh, it's visible. So I think it's important uh, when we talk about uh, this community to understand that there is a lot of visible disability, but also a lot of um, non-visible or hidden disabilities. Exactly. Yeah. So in terms of the technology and obviously web free as well, what do you see in terms of empowering people who are entering you know, the, the web free space? How can we do that? Can you give us some examples? Uh, Sure. I mean, I think the first thing is to be intentional about including people from the community of those who have disabilities. And again, um, there are many communities that would fall under that head heading, right? Um, could be those with chronic pain, could be people in wheelchairs, could be um, those with um, problems with their sight, mm -hmm. um, hearing loss, um, autism certain debilitating mental health issues. So, you know, we talk about this overarching community and there's many communities underneath. Of course, because of my personal circumstance, I think I can only speak from one, my personal um, experiences, yes. and then two, um, my experiences with the um, community of those who are deaf or who have hearing loss. So, mm -hmm technology being intentional including people from all those communities i think that's the first thing because you don't want it to be an afterthought intentional is important and then i think there are a lot of um existing uh technology options out there which with a little bit of refinement could be mm -hmm. hugely impactful on a day-to-day -day basis um i was speaking with one of my friends who's an engineer and we were talking about how um you could have bracelets that um, record certain um, signing movements and then translate that into text. Uh, mm. So there's like direct interpretation. I was also speaking to another friend who um, works at a company and he's a dev uh, at, uh, excuse me, a company that um, builds implants, like cochlear mm. implants and some of the technology they're looking at in order to translate sounds into something that comes on your phone, right? Mm -hmm. um, then there's of course easy things like closed captioning. Uh, and again, I'm, I'm being very specific uh, about those with um, hearing loss, but then there are also AI technology and solutions um, that you could build onto websites that would help. That kind of goes out of the Web3 space, but it could be more day-to-day. -day. Um, yes. and, and just profiles, like the avatars having the option to have wheelchairs or to have a white stick or to have special glasses. You know, when you're building your avatar, just having that is yeah. um, important. And that's just top of the list, Chris. <laughs> yes, exactly. I, I strongly believe that we could mention a lot of more examples, but you, you mentioned very something very important, which to be intentional, right? Especially in on the organiz organizational level. And do you have something like this implemented also in the parity organization in terms of uh, empowering disabilities, people with disabilities? So, 
of course, um, diversity and inclusion is really important to us across mm -hmm. the board. Um, yes. I wouldn't say it's a particular category we focus on more than other protected yeah. characteristics, but it, it's um, very important to our ethos and um, also having as a diversity of thought. I think mm -hmm. that's really inherent in what parity does and diversity of thought can manifest itself in these protected characteristics. And I use that from a legal point of view. So, you know, gender, sexual orientation, religion, um, we could go on. Um, also where you're from in the world, um, global north versus global south, um, your access to certain environments, is it low bandwidth, is it high bandwidth? So uh, do you have continuous access to electricity? Mm -hmm. um, these are things that we, we talk about. Do you have the funds, excuse me, do you have the funds to um, purchase the hardware necessary to participate mm -hmm. in Web3? Because you need computers or phones. So this is part of our internal dialogue. And I think, again, that's another reason why I'm really proud to work within parity. That's super interesting. And I, I and I see that trend, especially in the new technologies companies and Web3, especially, that they are really uh really trying to implement diversity, inclusion, and equity, right? In their in their ethos of, of organization. Uh, and even what myself, when I was trying to think about the podcast, I I even you know done the you know, DUI uh, table in the Excel spreadsheet, like very easy, just to see like what what is the what are the statistics in terms of how many women men I'm I'm inviting to the podcast, uh, like where are they from, uh, are what, what continents I'm covering, right, uh, and even like doing something like easy, right? For for me, for example, it could also impact a lot of people, right? Because I try to build the podcast with the diversity and inclusion, and I try to remember about that, right? And try to measure with yeah. simple things. So sometimes simple things works, right? So that's, that's, <laughs> exactly. And again, being intentional great. about it. And I've always, yes. um, I've appreciated the stats that you've been publishing about that, because um, that's one of the things I, I like about you, Chris, is you are mindful, you are intentional. And uh, that sets a standard and uh, for for other people. And mm -hmm. as many of us doing that as possible, I think then impacts the entirety. Thank you so much, Chrissy. And speaking about these people with disabilities, do you know any other initiatives that are happening around the world uh, globally uh, in terms of how we can help uh, people with disabilities? Well, yes, there's, um, you know, slowly getting into this because obviously just joining in January and I'm making contacts and I must apologize if I leave some important ones out, but certainly two of the ones that have really come to my attention, which I've been really following, um, are the Global Initiative for Inclusive ICTs. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it is a really interesting organization that uh, works with uh, corporates, it's based in the U.S. Um, mm -hmm. and uh, they work with the U.N. They work with a variety of organizations, but it's about promoting the rights of people with disabilities in the digital yeah. age. That is what they want to do. So um, they recently had a conference, which it was in the States. I wasn't able to attend, but I meant to have a catch up soon to, to find out some of their conclusions from that conference. And I'm hoping to become more involved. 
And then another organization is called Unhidden. And mm-hmm. it's been spearheaded by a woman named Giselle Mota, again, based in mm-hmm. the States. And it's about uh, essentially making some of these issues that we're talking about visible. So mm-hmm. they go from being hidden to unhidden. And uh, wow. there are a variety of resources that they've published and that uh, Giselle has published in, in her personal capacity uh, and also some speaking engagements that they have coming up where there's uh, a lot of thinking being done. There are also a few authors, if you Google them, that um, yes. are writing uh, quite a bit in this area and talking about, again, that intentionality. So, uh, but those are the two that, that really sprung to mind. Thanks so much. And, hidden and yeah, Global Initiative. Yeah, that, that, that's beautiful that those initiatives already build up and, and they are doing uh, the good things on in terms of disabilities. And uh, speaking about you, like how do you also help people with disabilities? Do you have any initiatives uh, yourself? Well, um, I, you know, of course, in my personal life, there would be volunteering and, and all of that. But yes. I'm really starting to get involved with the National Deaf, Deaf Children's Society in the UK. Mm-hmm and uh, speaking to various members of the executive team there about how uh, they're working on a day-to-day basis with various members of their community and then how potentially technology can help with working, with engagement, and then uh, blockchain as well. So it's um, the beginning of, I think, a lot of really interesting discussions. And actually the conversation I was telling you about with the engineer about the bracelets is, is part of that. Yeah. So there's more to come on that front, Chris. I think that also metaverse movement can can help a lot with, with the disabilities, right? So whenever we'll have meetings in the metaverse and uh, we will create the metaverse in a way that disabilities can feel comfortable, right? This can help a lot, uh, I believe, right? Uh, absolutely. I think uh, the possibilities are endless. Exactly. And that's and and there are things where you w- and I wouldn't even think about it. it. It wouldn't occur to us because we don't live with that particular disability on a day to day basis. But it could be a very simple solution uh, that someone could program in two seconds and it could really make a huge difference, even if it's just accessibility to certain platforms online or simple things like, you know, you shouldn't just have an icon on a website. You actually need text to pop up, you know, that so people can read it. If Otherwise, if they're visually impaired, they can't really see the icon. But these simple solutions, again, that take no time, it's, it's about a conversation and it comes back to people networking and, and plugging into different communities. Yeah, exactly. So I, I'm very excited and I, and I love to see that technology is helping uh, people with disabilities in many different ways. I even have my, uh, my myself, I have a friend who is right now on the wheelchair and I can see uh, a lot of happening even in this direction that there are some uh, technologies built up to build the, uh, like the whole 
structure that you can start moving and and you know walking uh so Absolutely. even in this direction it's really interesting on what is happening so yeah we are living in a very interesting times right like uh we many, are many things can, can happen with the technology and uh so chrissy i have like additional question to you which sure. will require a little bit more visualization technique so speaking yeah. about technology what do you think that technology will look like in 10 years from now so let's say you wake up in 10 years from now what do you feel uh, it will look like you know i i have a hard time visualizing this only because things are changing so quickly, so quickly. now and things i didn't think were possible are becoming possible like right this very minute so yeah. uh i i have a 12 year old and a six year old and so they would be 26 and 16 which is crazy <laughs> I can't even imagine that. Uh, and I, I do think that their working life for the 26 year old would be so different. I mean, I, it's hard to imagine the same kind of office culture uh, that that we have now. Um, in 10 years, it, I don't know where that will be. Uh, for my 16 year old, communicating with friends around the world real time through some sort of, um, you know, embedded technology in her brain. <laughs> you know, they're already talking about putting microchips in lawyers' brains. I don't know if you read that article. There's some really interesting things. I was like, oh, in order to give legal advice, I'll share the article with you. It was um, both exciting and also disturbing, right? Yeah, um, you, so when you time I think at least for those people again with continuous access to electricity with the money to participate um, you know with high-speed access to broadband and um, with an ecosystem to support it day-to-day -day life I think will be very different I think web 3 and again why it excites me is that the concept is that it will be a public utility the internet yeah. will be a public utility and so it will be available to all so that would mean that the world would be a much more equal place. And so in 10 years time, if we can even get a little bit toward that more mm. than we are right now with the centralized control and, and all of the things that um, in Web3, you know, those of us who, who ascribe to the mission want to see less of, yeah. uh, I think that will be a massive achievement to reach so many people around the globe who who historically have not been able to access in the same way yeah i, I love what you said with the equal place uh so i yeah i strongly hope that we will be able to be closer to to that equality in 10 years so that that's that, that'll be beautiful so uh chrissy uh last two questions to you and we'll be wrapping sure. up this podcast so do you have any favorite book or resource that you can recommend to anyone who is listening to us right now and who is just entering the web free and the blockchain industry so we have a book club at parity um which is uh yeah members are from all over the organization who participate in it and we have now a non-fiction book and a fiction book that we're reading. Mm -hmm. So the first nonfiction book that we read is called The Decision-Making Employee by Devin Marty. And it's mm -hmm. about working in decentralized organizations and in that environment. And I think for anyone who is just joining, 
you kind of have to build, you know, break yourself down and build yourself up mm-hmm. to get used to a decentralized way of working, particularly if like me, you've been working for 20 years in a, <laughs> a very different environment. Uh, it's been great. It's been challenging. It's been exhausting. Um, I wish I had read the book before I joined, not after, uh, but I would highly recommend that. And then one that isn't on the official reading list yet, but uh, one that was recommended to me again by one of the the engineers that I work with, who's a really um, thoughtful and interesting person, is The Diamond Age by Mm. Neil Stevenson. Of course, Neil Stevenson and the Metaverse, that was 1992. That was the book, you know, a couple books before this. But um, yeah, I'm reading The Diamond Age right now. And, and I think just the description of the world that he sees is so fascinating. And it's to get an idea of the world that we're moving to, although it won't be exactly like this, obviously, but just the the sheer potential again, you know, the borderless, boundaryless kind of imagination uh, and giving free reign to that is really inspiring. Thank you so much, Christy, for those two examples. We will uh, also mention them on the description. So I'll put links to okay. those uh, two books. And uh, Chrissy, uh, last question. Uh, where can we uh, you know, find you or contact you or follow your journey or even journey of the parity? Is there any, any additional links that you would like to share with us or information? Sure, I'm on LinkedIn and I'm on Twitter. Uh, my Twitter mm-hmm. handle is U-S-C-H-I-L-L, so University of South Carolina. <laughs> Some people read it as us chill, but it's actually USC Hill. And then just Chrissy Hill on, on LinkedIn. Uh, if you follow anything about Polkadot, you will be able to follow the journey of that ecosystem. And Parity, you know, we're the software developer, really, right? Mm-hmm. We, we are building and maintaining this full stack uh, to support Polkadot. So follow Polkadot, um, hear what is happening in that exciting community. Uh, we have so many things going for us and um, really the best tech. And I know, you know, I think that it can be independently verified, <laughs> not just us saying that, uh, but I won't use this podcast to go through all of the great things about Polkadot, but know that I'm part of it and very proud to be. So learn more. Thank you so much, Chrissy. It was really a lot of value. Thank you so much for, for uh, being here with me and having that discussion. And I, I'm sure that people will love it. So thank you so much. Oh, great. Thank you, Chris. I really appreciate your time and the opportunity. Thanks for listening to the FreeDoers podcast. If you want to learn more about what I'm working on, follow me on LinkedIn. All the resources that were mentioned today, you will find in the description. Check out other episodes of FreeDoers. And if you like them, subscribe and leave a review on the podcasting app you're currently listening on. If you are not part of WebReduers community for thought leaders and content creators, join us. You will find the link as well in the description. See you on the next podcast episode.